decides what gifts you have and why, Pastor Ed Taylor offers these thoughts. The Spirit of God himself distributes. We can't say, why is he a teacher and I'm not? Because the answer is, God's made him a teacher. That's his gifting. And we're happy with that. We're content with that. That's what God has for them. He has something different for me. You see, the perfect gift for you is the gift that God has given you. The perfect gift for you is the one that you have, that God has given you, because it makes you fit perfectly within the church. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Feeling like you don't fit in is not a good feeling. But that doesn't mean there isn't a place for you. There is, as you'll hear today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Welcome and glad you're with us. We've come to Romans chapter 12 and the section on spiritual gifts. You see, operating in our gifts assures we're not frustrated, but fruitful. Here now at the conclusion of his teaching is Pastor Ed. Let me give you an example of these manifestations of the gifts. Let's just say that you have the gift of service or the gift of ministry, as it says in Romans 12. Let's just say that's your gifting. That means you love to serve, you don't have a problem serving. As a matter of fact, one of the dangers of having the gift of service is that you don't know how to say no. You feel really tough about that, where you want to serve, there's an opportunity, there's a need, and you don't always know whether to say yes or no. So with the gift of service, then God comes alongside of you in his spirit and he gives you the gift of wisdom. Okay, so an opportunity comes before you. Should I do this? Should I not do this? The Holy Spirit then comes alongside, gives you a gift of wisdom on whether to say yes or no. And so here you are with the gift of service, but then God comes alongside and says, here, let me give you wisdom on that, daughter. Say no to that. Or the flip side, you have the gift of service. You've been tired lately. You kind of checked out of ministry and then God, he gives you the word of wisdom and he says, no, I want you to say yes to this. This is good for you. This is from me. I want you to step out in this. And so you have the word of wisdom coming alongside the gift of ministry and the two gifts work together so that we do and serve in the area that God would have us to serve. And we'll see these as we go together. They all overlap and we need them. Now, from the manifestations and the help of the ministry of the gifts of the spirit, now let's flip over to Ephesians chapter 4. Because now in Ephesians chapter 4, we learn that God has given us gifted people in his church. We move from the manifestations of the gifts to the ministry of the gifts. And we have these ministers given to us. We're going to actually pick up in verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 4. He says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. You see how they all come together. Paul uses the same language in all three books. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. Now we looked at this in depth in Ephesians 4. Some people have questions on this passage. Uh, We answer those questions in that Bible study. We're not going to answer those questions now. We're going to focus really on verse 11 
He says, and he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so we have a fourfold ministry here. Now I know some refer it to fivefold, but we really see fourfold ministry here of apostles, of prophets, of evangelists, and pastors, teachers. And we went into this in depth, so you might want to pick up the study. But apostles, not only was the office of apostle with Jesus Christ, but after the apostles died off and went to heaven, this gifting of apostle now is more now attuned to missionaries, where the word just simply means one that's sent out. And so every one of us, in one way or another, have this apostolic type gifting. It's not like somebody standing up here speaking with apostolic authority. The Bible's our authority, not some man. So the Bible's our authority from Jesus Christ. But where does that gift of apostle now manifest itself in the church, but by people just sensing that they're sent out? that I have this sense where I want to be sent out, or evangelist, or pastor, an overseer, an under-shepherd, or even a teacher. And God, Jesus, has given these gifts and these gifted people to his bride. And notice the purpose, for the equipping of the saints. And so there's a contrast here between these gifted individuals and the saints. And so not everybody is going to be a missionary. And not everybody's going to be a pastor. Not everybody's going to be a teacher. But there are going to be saints that will do the work of the ministry. So that the edifying, that word means built up, to be built up. So so that the church, the body of Christ, would be built up. Now the challenge that we see today in the church, the challenge in this culture, the challenge that we see within the church in in our day and age is that there is this mindset. You might even have it, and hopefully I can biblically convince you otherwise today to dismiss it. But the attitude is this, is something along these lines. You know, I come to church, Pastor Ed, I'm here, I serve a little bit, I might give of my tithes and offerings, and so in my mind, you're the pastor, we pay you, pastor, to do the work of the ministry. And so I don't, I don't need to do anything, because we pay you, and there's a staff here, right? And so we just, they, you guys take care of everything, and we won't participate, we'll just be observers. We won't even get engaged, and we won't get involved in ministry at all. Let me just say that's disobedience. It's not true that you pay the pastor to do all the work. I can't do all the work of the ministry. Not only can't I do all the work, I'm not supposed to do all the work of the ministry. I'm a believer just like you. So I have a responsibility that I'm to be faithful to. But you have a responsibility that you're to be faithful to as well. I mean, I can't do all the work. Ten pastors can't do all the work. Hundreds of volunteers can't do all the work. God wants his body, all of us, to do all of the work of the ministry. And our responsibility is to train you. I'm a minister, but so are you. And my role in this fellowship family is to equip you. Listen to some of the synonyms. I looked it up in a thesaurus. Some of the synonyms for equipped include coach, teach, educate, instruct, guide, help, prepare. That's my responsibility to come alongside you using God's word to be a vessel where you can grow up, where I can instruct you and coach you and help you and and guide you and answer questions and teach you. And we come alongside and we learn the ministry together. No, we don't pay the pastor to do all the work. We as the body of Christ do the work of the ministry in any form and fashion. It doesn't matter where your paycheck comes from. We are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you might be able to take care of your family because you work at a particular place and that's where you get your check, but you're also a minister of the gospel. 
and you're to use your gifts wherever you are. And notice, it's not just for the equipping of the saints, but verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I love this, verse 14, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 14, you could just write next to it in your Bible, this is what the cults do. And if you happen to be home one day when a cultist comes to your door, have your Bible in hand, open it to Ephesians chapter 4, and say, I know you were coming. You know, the Bible talks about you. Right here in verse 14. God wants me to know God's word so much. He wants me to know the Bible so much so that when you come to my door and try to trick me, when your wind of doctrine comes through my neighborhood, that I'm so established in the word that I know you, and then you can turn it around and say, but do you know Jesus? Because, you know, every cult, that's where they make their mistake, at Jesus Christ. They've got a lot to say, but you've got to understand, they've only been trained to confuse you. That's why the more you talk to them, the more you might sense in your own heart, man, I, I don't know, and I'm not sure. Because they've been trained to get you to that place of uneasiness. So that when you're at that place of uneasiness, you'll take that little magazine they have for you. Oh, just read this. And you'll take that little another testament that they might have for you. Oh, just take that and read it. And if you have a warm, fuzzy feeling, it must be true. No, no, no. If you have a warm, fuzzy feeling, it doesn't make anything true. God's word is true no matter what you believe. So you want to be careful. I like the way that the Bible describes winds of doctrine because that's what it's like. Winds just come through. They come through our church. They come through our neighborhoods. They come through our families. They're just winds of doctrine, false doctrine, that try to trick you. And so my responsibility is to train you. So you test everything by the word. So you're no longer babies, spiritually. Now, everybody as a believer starts out as a baby. doesn't matter how old you are. If you give your life to Jesus Christ, you immediately become a babe in Christ, a baby. And then over time, as you grow in God's word, you then grow into maturity. And you find yourself understanding the Bible, being able to answer questions, being able to say no to false doctrine. It's amazing as you grow up. Some of you could have spent years and years in a church that didn't teach you the Bible, and you never grew up. I'm sorry that that happened, but it's possible. I mean, you could even be engaged in this church and really never receive from the pulpit here, even though we teach the Bible, and you're going to stay a baby. And it's a sad thing. I mean, you know how it is at services. The Lord is just so wonderful in giving this church. Talk about church growth. So many of you are having babies, right? So that's church growth right there. There is this place for babies, right? There's place for babies. We'll, we'll even have people call and come up and we'll do baby dedications. We've been doing baby dedications virtually every week and we've got another one, second service. Just come up. We get to dedicate these babies and we get to dedicate their families unto the Lord. It's glorious. It's wonderful, these baby dedications. But let's say a family said, hey, Pastor Ed, can I dedicate my son on a Sunday? Yeah, you know what? Dedicate your son on a Sunday. No problem. All the information's downstairs. Pick it up. Listen to it. Make an appointment with a pastor. Set up your date. We will dedicate your son unto the Lord. Are you sure, Pastor Ed, you can dedicate my son? Yeah, well, no problem. And so we go through the whole process, and somehow they get through the whole process, and they come up, and they want me to dedicate their 41-year-old son. He's still got diapers on and a bottle in his mouth. And they want me to pick him up, man. It's a pick up my son and daddy. You do that to all... No, no, no. He's not a baby. He's 41. And you guys would like, I mean, if that ever happened, that is so goofy. You guys would just like, what? What What in the world? What kind of church is this? Baby dedications. The guy's 40 years old. But you know what? A lot of believers are like that. And you don't have a problem with that. A lot of believers are in their 40s or 50s or 60s or 
even 10 years older than the Lord, and they're still babes. I mean, some of you don't even know the ABCs of your Christian faith. Even though you're involved in a church that wants to teach them to you, we have stuff going on all the time. Again, maybe you came from a church that never taught you the ABCs. I mean, you may come into that place and go, you know, Pastor, I've been a believer for a long time. I've been in this church and that church, and I want to be a leader. And so we ask you, can you lead someone to the Lord? Do you know how to lead someone to Jesus Christ? No, no, I've never done that. And so you're telling me you've been in a church for 20 years and you don't know how to lead someone to Jesus Christ? You don't even know the Romans road? You don't even know 1 Corinthians where it talks about what the gospel is? And you go, no, Pastor Ed. I go, well, we need to teach you that. We need to teach you the basics. And you need to grow up in the things of God. That's where spiritual gifts come into play, where we're surrounded by spiritually gifted people. Paul says Jesus has given to his church so that we not only teach you the ABCs, but also the rest of the alphabet spiritually so you can grow up into maturity. Some of you are immature spiritually in your home. I don't know why, but some of you guys just won't take the lead in your home. Well, that's disobedience. And you're being a spiritual baby. And you need to grow up. I think that's what the Lord's telling us as a church. Again, we're coming to that phase where we got these studies on the spiritual gifts. We got the servants class. We got all this stuff coming up. And I hear from heaven God telling us as a church, grow up. Grow up one more area. Grow up in one more. And now some of you on the flip side think, well, I'm so mature, I have nothing to grow in. No, no, that, you're dealing with pride right now, so God's going to deal with that. And you need to grow up in humility. Because you got to learn. we got to always be learning and always be growing. Some of you are immature in all sorts of places, you know, and that makes you a vulnerable person for the cults. You know, the cults don't go after the lost. They knock on the doors. The first thing out of their mouth is, what church do you go to? And then however you answer that question is how they're going to take your conversation. Because they've studied different churches and they've studied different doctrines. And they're going to take things and they're going to start to twist and manipulate and confuse and trick you. And you want to be careful. You want to be mature. And my responsibility as well as these gifted people is to mature you. So as you look at the spiritual gifts now, Romans chapter 12 are the motivations. Why you and I, why our heart beats, why, what moves us, what drives us, how God has gifted us. We get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have a listing of gifts that come alongside to manifest themselves, to help us move in our giftings. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, we have these four spiritually gifted roles or ministries that the Spirit of God himself distributes. We can't say, why is he a teacher and I'm not? Because the answer is, God's made him a teacher. That's his gifting. And we're happy with that. We're content with that. That's what God has for them. He has something different for me. You see, the perfect gift for you is the gift that God has given you. The perfect gift for you is the one that you have, that God has given you, because it makes you fit perfectly within the church. It makes you fit perfectly. See, again, as the church grows and expands, there are more needs and more people to serve, more opportunities, more freedom, more spiritual gifts flowing in the church, and it causes the church to grow even more as more people get saved, more people get encouraged. I mean, look at it this way. These seven gifts in Romans, come back to Romans 12 with me. Let's read through these seven gifts. It's really cool to look at it this way. Pick up with me again in verse 6. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. And then he lists them. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. If ministry, then let us use it in our ministering. Next to ministry, you can just right now write the word service, the gift of service. 
because that's what that word means. Let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives, what a beautiful gift giving is, with liberality. He who leads with diligence. And then he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So if you look at these seven gifts, it's really cool to look at it this way. The seven gifts the Spirit gives. Remember in the Bible, the number seven is representative of completeness. And so these seven gifts have a picture of being the complete, the completeness. Well, these are the seven things that Jesus would do if he was still physically on the earth today. This is his ministry. As we break out the gifts together, one of the elements of our Bible study will to be see each gift as it operated in Jesus' life. It's really cool to watch. We'll look at it, not only what the gift looks like, what the person that has this gift looks like, but we'll also see the gift in Jesus' life. And we'll also see the gift operating within the church. And then we'll look at a few dangers of those that that you got to watch out for if you are gifted in that area. And then we'll show you how to plug in within the church what ministries currently exist that could use your gifting. It's going to be so cool. These are the gifts that would be operating in the life of Jesus today. We become those arms of his love and his mercy. You know, we become those mouths that speak and those feet that carry the gospel. We're his body on the earth today, doing what he would do if he was still here serving people. Now, if you don't know what your gift is, you will in the next few weeks. You will know. It's been my prayer. I've been praying and studying through this and getting ahead. You can pray for me. I've been really laboring in this area of Scripture so I can make it abundantly clear and simple for you. Now, I look at the scriptures and I go, well, it's pretty clear and simple, but I want to make it abundantly clear and simple that you might be able to look in the Bible as a mirror and see your spiritual gifts. And then the spirit will then motivate you to jump into ministry, both here in the body and also see your mandate of using your spiritual gifts in the world in which you live. And so you can pray for me that, I mean, I'm just so excited. I'm this, we are at a place in this fellowship where I'm almost like a giddy kid right now, just waiting to see the fruit that's going to come from this time in God's Word. I mean, I love teaching God's Word, and I love all of it, but we have just seen a series of things begin to happen in our fellowship that have really prepared us for this time and this season, and that many of you are going to be transformed by the simplicity of learning what your spiritual gift is. Some of you don't know what your gift is, and that's why you're not currently serving. Some of you, you have used your gift before, So you're not using it now. You've used it before, but you got burned or you got hurt or some experience happened that really bummed you out and discouraged you. And it's my prayer that God will get you back on and back in the game to serve him with joy and gladness. Just to jump in and know that, you know what? You serve people, you're going to get hurt. I wish I could protect you from being hurt, kind of like with our kids. You know, you just don't want them to experience anything, but they're going to experience pain in this world. And so are you when you serve God. It just happens. You have to have your strength from God. You need to receive his encouragement and his comfort and learn from it. Some of you aren't using your gift because you're just being disobedient. You're just not obeying God. Whatever your reason might be, and my prayer is that you will be obedient. And I want to see you step up and encourage you to step up. I believe with all my heart, as we start teaching on spiritual gifts, I believe this with all my heart, that God has given to our church every spiritual gift Every, all of them, they exist in our fellowship, no matter our size. I believe he does that in every local congregation, every spiritual gift. I believe for us here at Calvary, God has not only given us every spiritual gift, but he's given us every spiritually gifted person for every single need in this church. We don't need to look outside of this church for anyone or anything. 
We know and we've been taught that God raises up from within and so that every single need in this church, if it's not currently being met, should be met by someone that's in the church. And if we don't currently have that person, God's going to bring them to us at just the right time. Like we'll be praying, they'll be praying, and God, without any involvement with me at all, the Holy Spirit seems to bring us the right people at the right time for the right needs to be filled. It's so amazing. And I pray that you engage yourself in the ministry through this study, that you pray diligently, that you do your homework, that you read through these sections, and you even begin to pray right now over the... Lord, do I have the gift of ministry? Do I have the gift of prophecy? Do I have the gift of teaching? Do I have the gift of exhortation? Do I have the gift of giving? Do I have the gift of leadership? Do I have the gift of mercy? As you start to ask God, he's going to reveal to you. You might even find out what your spiritual gift is before we even teach on it. That's pretty cool as the Holy Spirit goes before us. Pastor Ed Taylor encouraging us to discover our spiritual gift and then to use it. We'll be praying to that end. Thanks for tuning in today for Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed, the teaching of spiritual gifts invariably raises the question some have that gifts were just for the early believers and not for today. Can you address that misconception and the necessity of spiritual gifts? Well, I do know there is a large segment of the church today that believes some gifts, not all gifts, but some gifts are reserved only for the first century, and that once the Bible came into being, the sign gifts like tongues, interpretation of tongues, and word of knowledge aren't needed anymore. But the Bible simply doesn't teach that. That's a man-made doctrine. The gifts are in existence. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is very clearly in existence in Acts chapter 2 in these last days. And although the last days have been for 2,000 years, the last days exist until the return of Jesus Christ, until the rapture of the church. And the early church recognized that the spiritual gifts were for them and every successive generation. The idea that they've disappeared or no longer needed, or we have the Bible now, is a late invention of man's doctrine, teaching it like it's the doctrine of God. I went into depth in this, Larry, in our studies through 1 Corinthians. So I'd encourage those of you listening in to get our free app. Just go to your app store. You can put in the my name, Ed Taylor, and our app will pop up. Go into 1 Corinthians. I think there might even be a tab on our app of the whole series I've done on spiritual gifts, Ephesians, Romans, 1 Corinthians. And I go into depth on this and specifically teach on this very topic. But if I had the opportunity to speak to you personally, listen, the spiritual gifts exist today. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, the word of knowledge are in operation today. Not everybody has them, though, so don't feel like a substandard Christian if you don't speak in tongues. It's okay. Not everybody has that particular manifestation of the Spirit. But for those that do or those that desire, continue to ask the Lord to use you in supernatural ways. What a great failure we stumble upon when we seek to serve God in our own wisdom and our own strength and our own knowledge, when all the while He is ready to pour out His Holy Spirit on us and use us not only in natural ways, but more importantly, in supernatural ways. So I say jump in and go for it and desire the best gifts for your life. 
Thanks again, Pastor Ed. For those who would like to hear this study from Romans again, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. There's a lot that goes into making all this happen, as you might imagine, and we look to the Lord to provide and guide. And if He's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either monthly support or a one-time donation, first of all, thank you. And second, we'd like to send you something as a tangible expression of our gratitude. When you give $25 or more, you're invited to request Don Stewart's excellent book, 25 Signs We Are Near the End. In these difficult days, many are wondering how close we are to the end. Well, Don Stewart looks to the Bible to help you answer that. He believes there are 25 signs that would suggest we are near the end, like the miracle of Israel's survival, the preparations being made to build the third temple. The stage is also being set for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 invasion. Read all about it in 25 Signs We Are Near the End. Just call 877-30-GRACE and we can take your request. Again, that's 877-30-GRACE. There's much more to come in Romans, so try to set aside a half hour each day to join us for Abounding Grace as Pastor Ed Taylor relates the truths we find here to everyday living. This is amazing grace. This is Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 